because of the fall of man in the Garden of Eden, that event has left mankind in a state of incompleteness. He is spiritually incomplete because he, man, is totally out of fellowship with God. His morals are incomplete because of a lack of fellowship with his Creator. And his mentality is incomplete because he does not know the ultimate truth. Well, hello everyone, I'm Neil Parks, and welcome to the program. Now, last time we left off in Colossians chapter 2 with verses 9 and 10. I'll read those again to refresh your memory. Colossians 2, verse 9. For in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And verse 10, and you are complete in him. Now, Paul keeps explaining to the Colossians that the false teachers in that church are heretics and cultish members from Satan, with the message that Christ is not enough for them to have a relationship and salvation. Now, look how Peter explains it in Second Peter chapter 1, verse 3. Peter says, For his divine power has bestowed on us absolutely everything necessary for a dynamic spiritual life and godliness through true and personal knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and excellence. Well, I am continually amazed at how still 2,000 years later, after Christ's first appearance, that religious cults will regard the necessity of works to guarantee salvation. And with that said, the fact that Scripture emphatically contradicts it. Look at case in point with the salvation of the criminal next to Jesus at Calvary on a cross of his own. No time to do anything but to ask Jesus to remember him when he, Jesus, comes into his kingdom. My friends, that criminal was made complete hanging on that cross. Read it in Luke 23, verses 42 and 43. Now, just think about it. What an honor to hang next to God, who's hanging on his cross. The creator of everything and everybody is next to you. You're side by side with him. That, my friends, is complete fellowship and complete mentality, my good and faithful servant. Now, as Paul continues in chapter 2, verses 11, rebuking some more of those physical work requirements that qualify you for salvation, like, here's one, circumcision, which is just garbage. Verse 11 says, 
Paul writing, In him you were were also circumcised with a circumcision made without hands by putting off the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ. Verse 12 goes on. Buried with him in baptism in which you also were raised with him through faith in the working of God who raised him from the dead. Now, obviously, Paul is conveying to the Colossians what he's conveying is totally opposite as to what these religious Jewish heretics were requiring from the Colossians as to be circumcised in order to prove their salvation. But, sadly, a heretic is a heretic, and the only way they get out of their condition is to have a spiritual circumcision of their hearts. You see, at salvation, believers undergo a spiritual circumcision by putting off the body of sins of the flesh. Now, this is the new birth, the new creation in conversion. The body of sin must be destroyed. The corruption that dwelleth in us is the body of sin, consisting of many parts and many members as a body. This is the root to which the axe must be laid to. In the natural mind, circumcision is a disease preventer. But the disease of the flesh, you have to understand this one, but the disease of the flesh is what must be taken care of. And that spiritual solution is with the blood of Christ. Now look how Paul puts it in when he wrote Romans chapter 6, verse 6. Paul said, Could it be any clearer? Our old way of life was nailed to the cross with Christ. A conclusive end to that sin, miserable life, no longer captive to sin's demands. So now, here we are back to the criminal on the cross. His heart was circumcised in the twinkling of an eye. I love the way Paul keeps pressing on to encourage these Colossians to seek the deeper relationship in the Spirit with Christ. Understanding the significance of baptism and the resurrection with verse 12. He says, buried with him in baptism, in which you also were raised with him through faith in the working of God who raised him from the dead. My brothers and sisters, I want to make this very clear as to what Paul is teaching here. Is for us the church now in 2022. So why do I bring this up? Well, I do so 
that we will convey and encourage older believers and newer believers that they are complete in Christ. In their identification with Jesus, believers share the experiences of their Lord. They need nothing more. So here we have it as the rubber meets the road. In chapter 2, verses 13, Paul nails it. And you being, verse 13, and you being dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, he has made you alive together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses. What Paul is saying here is that because of your trespasses, you are a dead person. And because Jesus loves you, he paid the trespass fine that you could never pay. And that, my friend, has enabled you and me to have everlasting life forever. Now, back in chapter 1, verses 13 and 14, Paul enlightened the Colossians as to Christ's rescuing them from their debt of sin. Let's read that again in verse 13. Paul says, He has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son of His love, in whom we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sin. And that second part of chapter 2, verse 13 Paul says he has made alive together with him, meaning us, having forgiven you all trespasses. Now, look how Paul puts it in Romans 3, verse 24. Paul wrote then, yet they are now saved and set right by his free gift of grace through the redemption available only in Jesus Christ. Now, for Paul, the cross of Jesus deals finally and definitively with the dual reality of sin. Not only are we forgiven of our sins, our willful acts of disobedience, but we are also liberated from the power of sin. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we just come before you, Lord. I lift up all my listeners around the world, wherever they're at, and the needs that they are concerned about. I pray that they are understanding the completeness that you you give them when you died for them, Lord. Father God, I just thank you that we have you. We come to glorify you, Lord. I pray that each and every person that calls himself a Christian would confess that it's you, that you are the only one that matters, Lord. 
I pray right now, Father God, that you would just use these vessels for your glory, for you, Lord. That's why we're here, to be used. Father God, I just come praying for and lifting my listeners up for their completeness in you and for the understanding of who you are and what you've done at the cross for them. They need nothing else, nothing more do they need, but more of you. Father, we just pray this in your precious name, Jesus. Amen and amen. Well, it's been good, folks, being here with you today. And I can't wait until the next time. So for now, Maranatha, I'm Neil Parks. <laughs>